Hello gents, James Marshall in the rain with an Ask the Naturals, talking about erectile dysfunction, as usual. Okay, is it possible to lose the drive to pursue women, sex and relationships, but still have the feeling to want closeness and an amazing connection with women? As a 30-year-old guy who's had a few long-term relationships and been with a few girls, what do I do to get my drive back? My own experience always point to me being bad and not good enough with women who even are interested in me. Not something, why would they be interested in me? I think he's trying to say. Do you think it's possible that by fear of being rejected by them, I just unconsciously reject them first to avoid the pain? Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. There's a whole lot of assumptions that I think most men operate under. We're fed through the basic mythology of the society that we live in that a man should and always basically is, until he's an old man, a virile, horny, fucking wanna wanna fuck everything fuck machine. The male desire, like everyone jokes about it, it's ubiquitous, it's like men can get turned on by being on a bus that's bouncing up and down, which we can. Some of those buses are pretty sexy. You know, that will fuck anything with a hole, that men only want want one thing, right? So there's this kind of overall myth that the male sex drive is ubiquitous, it's ever-present, and it's something that just is inherently part of every male. The reality is that the male sex drive is delicate, it fluctuates, it's influenced by a whole lot of factors, physical, sociological, social, the, the partner, by, determined by the partner that you're with, when was the last time you were having sex, your sleeping patterns, your stretching routines, there's all sorts of things which will influence how much you feel physical sexual desire, as well as how much you're in tune with your sexuality in general, right? So how, how good do you feel about yourself? What is your self-esteem like? What are your attitudes, your mindsets, and your beliefs around sexuality? I've worked with enough guys who've come from strong religious backgrounds or backgrounds where they've had some kind of traumatic event where they were given a lot of shame, they were punished for their sexuality, they were buried in fucking Catholic guilt or some kind of religious guilt that told them that if they touched their dick then they would burn forever in hell. What kind of God sets you up for that? Right? It's like, okay, what I'm going to give you is this thing between your legs that feels good if you touch it, but if you touch it, you will spend eternity burning alive. What a cunt. Why not just like do it like, um, like a Ken doll? Just give us nothing and we can just like, you know, we just touch fingers like ET and then we can breed. Just rethink it next time. Just, you know, send another flood, flood and start from scratch. I digress as I usually do. So what, the, what this guy's talking about here is like, okay, he's, he's at a point. Now 30 is not old. And, and for some of you young guys out there, you're like 30 is old. No, it's not. I'm 40, that's old. Not even that, that's not even old. So if you're a man and you're like 30s, and you're struggling with your sexual desire, with your libido, then yeah, this is something that you will want to address and not just to think of it like, okay, I'm getting older, so therefore my desire is, is going down. Now, of course, the reality is that we're animals, we're, we have a finite lifetime, we reach a peak physically and we start to deteriorate till we die. So inevitably your sex drive over long periods of time is going to diminish. And the, and the other thing is that we're all different, right? Everyone has different levels of testosterone, different you know, levels of sex drive. I've always had a really high sex drive and I know other friends who just, it's just not as much of a, a thing that's like bothering them or that's bothering them. It's not, not such a thing that is, uh, you know, ever present for them. And so to, to one degree, you're going to allow for the fact that you don't have to 
be like some porn star. You don't have to be ready to go all the time. There's not one definition of what it means to be a sexually virile male. However, if you're in a situation like, like this uh, viewer is talking about where he's really not feeling the desire for women and he's quite self-aware in the sense that he's, he's guessing and, and trying to investigate, does this relate to the way I feel about myself as a man? Am I self-sabotaging from reaching success because when I get there, I don't feel like I'm going to be good enough to deliver what the girl wants? He hasn't specified, but let's assume that is in the bedroom or uh, you know, as a man in general that he doesn't really feel like he's enough. Therefore, the, the drive to go and make something happen with a woman is being muted because he doesn't, he doesn't associate the pursuit of women, going on the dating, seduction, escalation, romance, all the stuff that uh, you, know, you need to do to make an intimate connection. He's not associating that with pleasure or with success or feeling intimacy or feeling loved or uh, you know, having a crazy wild fuck. He's associating that idea down the line with rejection, humiliation, failure, etc. And this, I think, is probably a key point to pull out here. Yes, it is, it is normal for your sex drive to fluctuate and to understand that that is correlating to a bunch of other factors in your life. So I would look at it as a, a symptom or, or as like a warning sign that, okay, there's probably things you need to be getting into, to, into alignment. The answer is not to avoid women, right? And, and this is a uh, something that I've seen with, with clients. A lot of my clients come in with varying degrees of sometimes traumas, okay, so they may have had shitty fathers who beat them or fucking alcoholic mothers or a shaming grandmother. I remember one client who was caught jerking off by his Catholic grandmother and then, uh, you know, was grilled for an hour and told that he was going to go to, go to hell and this, you know, left indelible scars on him for his life. So, uh, you know, there's, there's early childhood patternings or, or, or uh, experiences of shame or rejection that can that can imprint you that okay this this pursuit of sexuality or exploration of my sexuality is t tangled up with pain and and our sexuality is complex like we're not as men we are not just fuck robots it's not just cool there's a hot there's a chick we get it hard we want to fuck we have emotions we have an ego we have a sense of identity we have uh, a pride we uh, don't want to look like a fool we want to please we want to perform we want to be able to show her that we can do our job as a man, which part of it is to be able to please our women. And if we're not able to do that, then inevitably men will feel levels of shame. And then a common thing to do is to retreat. And I've seen that with many clients. They come to me and, and they've had some experience, a bad breakup, experience where they couldn't get it up in bed or something like that. And then, you know, sometimes in the client file it says, and then five years passed. You know, it's like where he basically retreats from women for years because he associates going and doing all this stuff, putting all, in all this effort with a painful outcome. So what's the solution? I, I really believe it is not to take long, long breaks from women in general. There is something to be said for taking periods of, of uh, let's say, uh, chosen celibacy. And I do that, not long periods, but I do that every year, right? At least a month a year, I choose to be celibate because I want to go and do something else. I want to go and work on a, my spirituality or I've got a, I want to dive deep into a creative project and I want to channel my sexual energy that way. Or I just need to, to remove myself from all of the kind of hooks and chains and complex dramas that I've got myself into and just come back to a clarity of like, okay, here's me solo. What is it like to just be me alone? I think that is really good to do and, and some guys that I've, I've, have, I've done this and I cyclically do it if I don't watch myself is you get involved in pickup and you get good at it, it can become a never ending cycle like where, where 
where do you take breaks and, and get more self-awareness and see, okay, where does this fit into my life? Is it still benefiting me? Am I still growing? Is it time to adjust the type of relationships I want and so on? So it is good to be able to take time out. But to retreat from women altogether for years because you're afraid of what might happen if you get into bed with them, this is just going to compound the issue. So in my opinion, it is really important that we look at what factors are affecting you, your confidence, your, your actual physical sex drive. And there are, there are a bunch of like little tips I want to just throw at you guys now. They won't be the specific solution for every person, but like here's some things that I've found in the past teaching and with myself that's increased my sex drive, for example. But, but on a deeper route, because most of the time when guys are having issue with their libido, it's not actually physical. There's probably influence physically in the sense that all of us You've probably heard these stats, and I'm just going to say them anecdotally because I, I would need to go and find where they are, but it's like I remember reading that you know, the, the sperm count of the modern male is, I don't know, half the amount that it used to be three generations ago. Not exact facts. We'll, we'll put the exact facts on the screen. But the, the, in, in essence, that the virility of the human race is apparently dropping because of, let's say, the huge levels of antibiotics and toxins in the atmosphere and the fact that our food is uh, you know, not grown organically like it was in our grandparents' day and that we eat too much processed bullshit and people uh, you know, take lots of medications and drugs and alcohol and so on, meaning that the overall virility of the hum male, male uh, fucking part of the species is not as high as it used to be. So it's important to look at, okay, what are you doing lifestyle-wise that is supporting or causing harm to your virility? Yes, that's very important to look at. but. For the most part, the guys that I've worked with, it's not that they have like a medical condition. Maybe, maybe they could have more energy, they could boost their, their you know, male sex drive in various ways, but that's not so much the core issue. The core issue is more to do with their sense of worthiness. And you know, the deeper that I get into coaching, I've been coaching fucking 12 years now, this just keeps coming up over and over again, I think with almost every man that I've taught as the, you know, the underlying root issue. It's not... I don't know what to say. It's not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. It's not, you know, fucking I'm not tall, cool, hot, fucking ripped or whatever enough. It's that at the core, I don't feel worthy. You know, I don't feel like I'm, I'm enough of a man to please a, a woman that I really, really want. In a way, like, it's like my entire life's work has been based around trying to help guys crack that primary conundrum. And... The answer is not simple. The answer is not linear and the answer is not ABC, do that and then you'll feel awesome forever. Confidence, self-esteem is not a static state. It's not like any, a thing that you climb, you know, you'd go up steps and then you're like, okay, I'm a level five confidence now and then I do a bit more confidence work and then I become a level six and eventually I'll be a level 10 and then I'm a, you know, perfectly confident guy. My confidence fluctuates throughout the day, throughout the seasons, through depending on, you know, if I'm having a good time with my girlfriend or we just broke up or a business is going well or it's not, or, you know, I've been doing my practices really diligently or I've been lazy with them, you know, or my, my diet's been awesome or it's not, or it's fucking been raining a lot and I feel a bit grumpy about it. You know, it's like all of these things are going to, going to affect me. And because the question is, you're asking is, can I, can I just have the desire to sort of have intimacy with a girl and not deal with the complexities of sex? And I would say the answer is probably no. Uh, I mean, you can, sure, you can have like cuddle buddy friends and you can become like that nice guy that girls cuddle and you can sort of draw some of your intimacy needs that way, but that's not really what you want. I have that with some girls, like I have some girls that are like buddies that we, that we might have a cuddle sometimes. And you know, there's a, there's a, like for example, Virag, when she comes, she's one of our role play uh, coaches, 
comes on tour with us. She's a great friend. You know, when, when she sees you in the morning, she gives you a big hug and you just melt because you're like, mummy. And uh, she gives, you know, like a type of intimacy, which is not sexual because we're friends, but it's, you know, it's really lovely. And uh, that's nourishing and it's part, it should be part of what you need to, what you get out of women. And, that, and they need that from men as well, right? Women want all sorts of things from men to be, you know, have her head pulled back whilst being spanked and fucking her hard while she calls you daddy. And she also wants to be able to have a snuggle and, and uh, you know, call you pet names. Whether or not you're the same, it's the same guy, doesn't matter that much. She, she may spread that amongst various guys. So you don't want to end up in the position that out of fear of being caught out as not awesome in bed or not being an ab, you know, a ferocious alpha, that you would rather then segment yourself into my role in women's lives is to be a cuddle buddy and then therefore the only way I'm going to get into a relationship is, is in that really slow friend zone way that maybe over time might go and get into something romantic like very occasionally that kind of methodology works but it, al it always means that it, you're starting from a weak position the girl doesn't respect your intent and you know it takes forever and you're going to be doing it with a, like you try that with five girls in a row four of them are going to find it repulsive if not five so the answer is not I think you know retreat from sexuality I'd say the answer is dive into sexuality in different ways um, you'll need to I would recommend that you start to explore your sexuality solo by looking in into tantric sexuality or or uh, breathing exercises loosening up your hips in the martial meditation method I teach a whole bunch of exercises that I specifically do before a girl comes over I don't do it every time, but it's like when I've got a, you know, I've got a, a hot date tonight or a girl's coming around, I don't know about you guys, but I feel tension. Like if I know a girl, let's say I, uh, I went on a date with her and now she's coming over the next time and I'm pretty sure we're going to have sex tonight, I'm feeling activated. I'm feeling nervous, right? And so she's coming, she's coming over in, a, in an hour. I don't want to be pacing up and down. You know, I don't want to be holding tension in my body and freaking out because it means that when she gets there, my body's already activated my heartbeat is racing and you know my hormones are activated it means that when I get with her I'm not relaxed I'm not chill and I'm more likely to ejaculate quickly because I've, I'm losing control of my body so for me personally I don't have to do it every time but if it's a new new girl and it's like I'm like well she's really hot I don't want to mess this up then I go through a stretching breathing awareness exercise where I'm opening out my hips where I'm uh, loosening my spine where I'm directing sexual energy up my spine where I'm slowing my breathing where I'm bringing my focus and my awareness into my body into my fingertips into my face into into the like the surface of my skin but so that then when I start making out with a girl or getting into intimate with her I'm present right I'm, I'm aware of my breath and I'm keeping it slow and I can feel my heart rate wanting to increase so I just consciously adjust my breath instead of being in my head and thinking oh you know am I going to get laid or what's the next position I want to get into or how long have I lasted or any of these things that often men think about or worry about when they're in the bedroom I don't do that I bring my awareness into my hands into my tongue into my body so that I'm fully immersing myself physically in the experience and this has the, the effect on the woman that she that this is what is going to create more intimacy right it's not that I have to necessarily be like a porn star jackhammer that you know like blows her mind physically in bed it's not going to hurt sure if you can do that good but I've talked with many women and I've interviewed them in depth about everything but their sexuality a lot and women have often described scenarios where a guy might like have a huge dick and uh, you know kind of fuck hard but the sex isn't very good whereas you know a guy might be average endowed and like the sex lasts whatever a moderate amount of time but the intimacy level is much higher the guy treats her with more respect and when I say respect I don't mean like 
you know, like that she's a princess and she's, she's delicate and, you know, she only does missionary and thinks of England. I mean, attentive in the sense that I'm really immersed with her. That may, that may express itself in like rough play or in, you know, kinky sex, but it's, there's a big difference between being like functionally doing the things correctly and immersing yourself and being there with her. That's the thing that she really, really feels is, you know, if you're looking her in the eyes, if, you're, if your mind is settled in the present, she can feel that. Like if you're fucking a girl and you're literally imagining somebody else, she can feel that. She may not know that you're thinking about it, but she can feel that you're just zoning out or that you're trying to think of football scores, that, that old thing to try and like stop yourself coming or whatever. So what I, what I think is it is important that at, at this age, you're around 30, you're, you're kind of at a crossroads where sexuality can continue to become something that is complex, scary, always a risk to you, like to your ego, to your identity every time you engage with it. And it's like a, a Russian roulette, you know, that sense of like, I, I remember I, I used to have that when I had some erection issues way back in the day, was going to bed with a girl felt like, like, am I, am I going to get it up? Is it going to be good? Like last few times it was really awkward. So uh, it's maybe easy just to go and jerk off and not deal with this, right? It's understandable, but don't do it. Like, have you seen documentaries on those kids in Japan who just gave up on, and they just stay in their bedrooms and fuck robots now? Until the robots are so good that you can't tell the difference. Let's stick with humans. Come on, let's, I mean, eventually the robots are gonna be really good and then I'm out of business. I'll, I'll, I'll buy one, like, you know, I'll, I'll, well, can't beat them, fuck them. Until that, let's, let's deal with humans. So retreating from it is not, not a good idea. Maybe, you know, maybe it means you don't, like, throwing yourself into one night stands with total strangers, maybe that's not necessarily the best way to do it either. It's like, okay, find a middle ground that you, better to date women where you feel like they're more uh, kind or that they're a bit more patient or something, if, if like sexual issues is, is a big thing for you. But the other thing that, like just to give you some tips on how to, like little things that might help. When I had erection issues, when I was first, you know, the first few years of me being sexually active, uh, it was awful. It was humiliating and each time it happened, you know, I'd beat myself up, there's something wrong with me, I'm just not the kind of guy who can have sex with random people, I can only do it in a loving relationship, blah, blah, blah. One of the big things that helped fix that and took all that nonsense out of my head was communicating with the woman. So once I started saying these words, and it would happen like this, it's, imagine this, it's 1999, right? There's a not that hot hippie chick with a hairy pussy kissing down your torso about to try and give you a blowjob which is going to be very bad because high-speed porn is not ubiquitous yet and she hasn't seen good blowjobs and she thinks a blowjob includes teeth and going like this. Are you with me? 1999, you there? All right, she's going down, she's going down and I've lost, I'm losing it. And I know that when she gets down there and starts sucking on it like limp celery, that that's going to make it worse. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to like sort of stay here like this and she's going to limp, suck on my limp dick for a bit and then look up and go, are you all right? And then I'm gonna go, yeah. She's like, is anything wrong? This is Australia in the 90s, by the way. No. And then she's gonna stop, feel awkward and weird, and then, and then we're gonna hate each other, all right? That's what I used to do. Then, one day, I started doing this. She starts going down to give me the erotic treat of the Australian 90s blowjob, and I say, hey, uh, stop. Yeah, look, sometimes when I'm with a new partner, it, I don't always get it up straight away. It's better if we, I don't know, I think it's just like the kind of stress of it. Or, so I think it's better if we just like have a cuddle. All right, so that's what I started doing. Telling the girl, sometimes this is, doesn't work for me just because it's, it's, you know, it's because of the pressure. 
which takes all the, the pressure off her thinking, oh, it's because she's fat or I'm gay or what's wrong with this dude. It also gives a woman a little insight into the fact that we're not machines, right? That erections don't work by slot. You know, you just put a penny in and then you get an erection. We're human beings and our arousal state is influenced by a whole bunch of other factors. And every time I said that, the girls were really on my side. They were like, oh, that's all right. You know, can I help or something? And then I would change from doing something from trying to be sexual to doing something intimate but non-penetrative. So that meant I'd, we'd have a cuddle, we'd have a bath, some, I'd give her a massage, she gives me a massage, we you know, watch something on her laptop, naked cuddling, something where it was like, okay, the, the pressure that I have to perform and be a sex machine right now is gone. Now I can relax into being with this girl, we're still physical, I'm touching her body, it's, you know, it feels nice, and then pretty soon I found myself usually able to get it up and then to proceed because I didn't have to. Right, so just that small action of like, just speaking this, not making a big deal out of it, not, not being rude, not blaming her or not being apologetic, just going, here's the thing and here's a, and here's a simple solution. That, that was something that's, that, that was the biggest thing that started to crack it. And then from there, I, I, I started seeing that there was these correlating things like, oh, okay, when I'm, in, when I'm getting in bed with a girl and like we're making out and we're making out and making out for fucking, 50 minutes on the couch and you know I'm you know doing that teenage thing where you're sort of like trying to sort of pull a t-shirt up and like sneak your hand up and like squeeze the tits under the bra and then like trying to tug a thing off and then we're dry humping with with jeans on jeans for like 40 minutes whilst your balls are getting minced in your in your pants I stopped doing that right because that's not that's what you do in high school when you're dry humping at a party and if you miss that don't worry it wasn't that great forget about it so instead what I started to do was like you know make out with a girl a bit on the couch and then like stand up take her by the hand lead her into the bedroom so lift your arms take her clothes off quickly and so that we're down to underwear at least and then jump in bed and so now we're making out with skin on skin contact and then it's easy once we're aroused to like get panties off and get it on right so even a, even a simple thing like that which which ties in with the leadership right if if I'm if I'm taking leadership in the bedroom uh, then that it suddenly creates a context for the woman to go oh okay he's leading like he puts his hand out I mean, she can say no, of course, but like, hand out. Okay, I'll take the man's hand and follow him. He gives me a clear command, lift your arms. Suddenly my clothes are off, that feels nice. And then, I'm, and then as the woman, she's settling into following the man's lead. Then it creates that beautiful masculine feminine dy dynamic. I'm not saying that it has to be like that all the time. If a woman wants to take the man by the hand, that's fucking sexy too. And within a sexual dynamic, although I'm, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a dominant, but there'll be times where a girl will then switch into being more dominant or, you know, get on top or tie me up or whatever. Like, that's fine as well. But then I need to shift into a role where, okay, she's leading me for some time. It creates a narrative and a context, a flow, and then the, the sexual energy bounces between the two of you and it, and it builds and builds and then, you know, creates its own natural momentum, right? So... That's another thing that I found, like just, just that alone, getting the girls clothes off quickly and, and taking leadership was something that, that uh, helped as well. Another thing was that some girls who are not super experienced or not very good in bed or, or she's feeling a bit tense, uh, you know, if her body is tense, if she's like holding, you know, her legs too close together or she's not arching her back properly or she's or maybe she's pushing back too much and like trying to do the male job whilst you're trying to do it, you know, when two people are trying to fuck it doesn't really work unless your rhythm is perfect. So that kind of thing. And again, being able to take command where I just like learning to put my hand on girls' hips and go tilt your hips like this or open your legs and open your legs up or relax your legs, let me take control of them. Things where it was like, okay, I need to take more command of the woman in the bedroom so that it works better for us, so that we fit together better. So she feels more relaxed, so she can open up. 
right? So, and these are, these are skills that happen th through experience, but they don't just happen through experience. I could fuck a thousand women the same way badly and not learn anything, or I can take the feedback and grow and learn from them each time. So the, these, are, these are areas of just like speaking without shame about the fact that, you know, you don't say, oh, I can't get an erection, I'm a loser. It's just like, uh, sometimes it doesn't work in this situation or, or I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit drunk tonight, so let's just, let's just like chill for a bit and uh, take the pressure off or whatever the, the, the issue is. And my experience and with the many clients I've worked with in these issues, it was that I, I can remember one or two, there was two situations where a woman was cruel to guys that I'd heard of because he couldn't get up. And that woman's just a cunt. Uh, everyone else was fine. Like the, the, once it was out, then she could be on your side. Some other things to look at uh, would be basic lifestyle stuff. So sitting for long periods in chairs, not, not stretching or m creating mobility within the hips, particularly hips, inner thighs, lower back areas. Because so many men, I, you know, I see this all the time in my classes when I'm, I'm teaching guys movement or stretching, is like guys younger than me, incredibly stiff in their hips. Very common with Western males. And this locks up blood flow, means, it just means that like the, 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 ener the sexual energy doesn't circulate very well. You don't have a lot of mobility and uh, ability to you know, move your hips in dexterous ways to fuck well. So stretching, uh, particularly in your hips, using things like the swimming dragon techniques, which I teach in martial meditation, Tai Chi, uh, Edo Portal or uh, fighting monkey style movement culture stuff, like a lot of these yoga, lots of these Latin dance, there's all sorts of great methodologies out there which teach you to get flexibility, to get movement through your hips and to free up and open up basically your blood flow and your, and your sexual energy. Another thing is learning to, is actually squatting, right? So chairs were invented in the 15th century or something. Uh, before that, human and only aristocrats sat on them. And before that, everyone stood or squatted, right? So we all know what a squat is. Yeah, it's just a dude doing a video. It's not gonna get any more interesting, bye. So, you know, squatting, I can't really demo it here, but you know what I mean? Like when you see someone who doesn't sit on a fucking Western toilet taking a shit, they're squatting. <laughs> you do that for five times one minute, one minute per day. Firstly, it reduces lower back pain hugely. It, it's great for your flexibility, so many benefits, and part of it is it'll open up your sexual energy. Sleep patterns, are you getting enough sleep? Diet stuff, like are you getting enough testosterone? Fucking, like, are you eating good red meats? If you're a vegetarian or vegan, I, do you have an equivalent for that? Which is not that easy to do as a vegan or vegetarian. You have, it's like, uh, it's, it's difficult to replace the animal proteins and the, the benefits. So you, you have to think about it as, I was a vego for seven years and it doesn't mean, just mean you can eat vegetables. Like you have to think, okay, I need, need lots of good fats from avocados and other oils and uh, fucking beans. And then there's all these problems with the pulses apparently not great for you. And you have to like, it takes quite a bit of effort to make it work, it can be done. But the like meat eating, like lots of processed foods, lots of processed sugars, you know, over processed carbohydrates, deep fried shit, like all that is obviously going to lower your virility and your, your sex drive and your strength overall. Right, so you can look at, okay, if, if I don't feel like activated in my masculinity, in my sexuality, then you're gonna need to look at your physical body, for sure. Sleep patterns, exercise patterns, doing big, heavy exercises, squats, deadlifts. These are the kinds of like big exercises which, which pump up testosterone. I, I, know, I can feel the difference in that kind of stuff when I'm doing a lot of like leg work and martial arts, I feel hornier, for sure. So you can look into that kind of stuff as well. Supplementation. For sure, you can look into it. Zinc, magnesium, these are the basics uh, that I've 
like talk to health specialists about that increase male virility. Shila Jit is another one that's supposed to be good. Honey goat weed, ginseng. You can experiment with a bunch of these things. I wouldn't be looking for like magic pills or like this is the solution, right? Because really you've, you've already hit the nail on the head right at the beginning that the whole thing is, is about self-sabotage. So I encourage you to, to bolster and, and build up your, your foundational strength as a male in general, especially as you move over 30, because when you're in 20s, you can kind of get away with it, depending on your genetics. You know, how shit do, pe do people treat themselves in their 20s with fucking partying and bad food and sleepless nights and whatever. And I've seen plenty of people like party from 20 to 30 and then kind of, or ish, and then kind of get their shit together and be totally fine. Maybe one day when they're like 80, they'll pay some price and they'll die three years earlier or whatever. But the body can take a bit of trashing around in the 20s. Not that I'm necessarily telling you you should do it, but once you go over 30 and, and now getting, for me, you know, my, my peers getting into our 40s, it's very clear that there's a division now between the guys that are just like, yeah, okay, well, whatever, I'm just going to get old now. And the people like, okay, now I'm going to look after myself well. Those people can get another, you know, they can be fucking hot sex machines living really, really vivacious lives into their 50s and 60s and then live, live good long lives. Or they can have a very steep downhill slide starting around 40. So... Yes, of course, look after yourself to build your, your foundational strength. However, the real issues here are about worthiness. And that is a lifelong pursuit. It's my, been my lifelong pursuit for myself personally, for, the, for the, what I do in teaching, teaching guys. It's the reason why I've shifted away from just seduction coaching and moving into more holistic masculinity training through the Natural Warrior training program because I kept on coming up against this, this issue or this, this cluster of, of issues that guys had around feeling good enough. And like there's no simple answer you you feel good enough by doing good enough by thinking good enough by implementing micro changes smaller and larger changes in your habit patterns daily weekly monthly that start having incremental and then gradually exponential effects right like to put it in perspective there's the there's the me back when i was like 20 ish something getting in bed with a very average looking girl not being able to get it up feeling ashamed and like this is it my this is this is sex for me i can only do this if i'm super comfortable with a girlfriend to six seven years later being a porn star right so you know standing in front of an entire film crew with no fucking viagra or whatever getting it up and fucking a girl i i went through that and it's not that everyone's like but i don't want to do that that's not the exam you don't have to do that but it's an example of okay I had those problems and I moved through them. It wasn't that my self-esteem was 100% fixed or that I felt like I was the best man in the world or on top of the world or anything. It's that I learned, I learned about my body enough to understand what was going on. I learned about communication by just dropping my ego and speaking the thing that I was ashamed to say, but doing it in a way that had a, a solution where I was proposing a solution, finding out that women were not going to be evil to me about it, that they were going to assist me in this or at least be just kind about it. And then to, you know, over the many years, to continue in pursuits that make me feel worthy. Not so I can improve, prove something to a woman or impress a woman, so that I feel good about being alive. Which means, okay, day by day, working on my practices, working on my business, working on my physicality, falling off and, and being lazy and hedonistic and fucking up over and over again and then picking myself up and starting over again. It hasn't been linear and it won't be linear for you. But at the end of it, like, what's the big picture? What is, what is it? overall in your life that is going to give you satisfaction, is going to give you ha happiness. And it's going to be your intimate relationships, really, right? Your friendships, your family relationships, and your sexual intimate relationships. It's not enough to just have a girl to cuddle with sometimes. 
you're going to want to fuck. You're going to want to have the ecstasy of orgasm, of looking in each other's eyes, of having deep connections, of feeling like a boss, like a god, of having a girl, like, you know, turning into a blubbery mess at your touch because that makes you feel amazing, makes you feel alive, makes you feel like a man. But understand that she's not looking for a superman, right? Women are not looking for a hero in the bedroom. I asked a, I asked a girl recently about this. I said, like, if a guy's bad, in, if she has sex with a guy and it's not good, what does she think about him? Does, does she think, like, oh, he's a loser or, you know, whatever, he's a pussy, he's a beta male or whatever? And I asked a few girls and they said something along the line, same lines, which was like, nah, I just wouldn't fuck him again. <laughs> it was not like, I hate this guy, he's useless. It's just, it's just like, mm, that sex was, I won't do that again because the sex wasn't good enough. And that's what I would say is what you're really at risk of. Now, that's not great, okay, so you don't, like, to that girl, she's like, nah, he's not a great fuck, I won't fuck him again. Okay, that sucks because maybe you wanted to do that again and, and your inability in that area meant that that won't continue. But that's as bad as it gets, right? It's not like, it's not a destruction of your, your ego, of your reputation. It's not like you're shamed publicly before the world. It's not like no other girl will ever talk to you again. It's like, okay, it's not going to happen with that girl. That's okay. It's, it's, it's okay that, that you have different partners throughout your life who think you are shitty in bed or just like forgettable. I, I, I'm forgettable to many women I've been with. Many women are forgettable that I've been with. They're like, uh, I, like I've had many girls. I'm like, she's sweet. She's nice. Nah, sex wasn't that great. I probably won't see her again. I hold no grudge to her. I, I, she's nice. I would, uh, you know, recommend it to a friend or something. Like, it's, it's not personal. It's just like, hey, that, that wasn't compatible. We weren't compatible. It's better to have that and just to experience that. Like, yeah. Some people, you know, to, to different people, I mean different things. We are valued or perceived in different ways. So what? That's fine, okay? Try that. Be a man about it in the sense that you own up to what you're doing. Be a man enough to communicate. Be a man enough to admit, like, that you're vulnerable. Be a man enough to ask for help. One of my very early lovers, I was about 22, and I slept with this girl, I was 29, and I could tell it wasn't good. Like, I was just, I could tell she was like, uh -huh, okay, I won't be doing that again. And I said it, I said, hey, listen, like, I know that was just pretty average for you, it wasn't good. I really want to get good at sex, so can you teach me how to do it? And I'll cook you dinner, like, this week if you give me lessons. I, think it was, I offered to cook a dinner or something like that. And so she did, we like, I remember we had like three or four times, we met, we fucked, and she would tell me stuff about what she liked. And I just humbly accepted it and, and learned so much in that week that then, like, for the rest of my life, it wasn't like that was all the secrets of womankind, but the secret of being able to communicate and really learning like from a woman what she wants, that was groundbreaking because then I could do that with all the women that I was with subsequently, communicate better with them about how to please them or, or what we want to explore together or what my needs were and so on. This came from dropping my, from being humble enough to admit my ignorance. So much of the reason why most, not most, I don't know if it's most, but so many men live in scarcity, have shitty relationships, have shitty sex lives, is their pride, it's their ego. The reality is, you know how many men on the planet need my services, need TNL's services? Billions, billions with a B, right? What is there, three and a half billion men? Yeah, I'm gonna say there's a billion men. So that's quite a claim, but there's, there's certainly hundreds of millions of men who don't have the relationships they want. There's 34 million men in China alone who are never gonna get a woman that, you know, end up in, when they're in relationships, they're, they're pussy whipped or they're, or they're reactive and, or they spend long periods alone. Uh, they can't get the women they want, like all of this stuff that exists. And, and how many men come to me to, to this team to train every year? I can give you the metrics. It's something like 200. 200 guys rock up and, and, and get the training. There's hundreds of millions of more that need it. And I'm not saying that we are the only answers out there, but 
whether it's us or one of the few other coaching companies or figure it out the fuck yourself, most men do not go anywhere near it because they would rather keep their pride kind of intact and look on the outside like they've got their shit together and even if that means avoiding sex with women they want to be with, then go through the sometimes awkward or, or you know, confronting process of looking in, inside yourself and knowing that there are things you need to change and fix. Right, so does that answer your question? <laughs> it's, not, it's not physical, I doubt it. It's not like now you're an old man, so this is, this is the way life is. No, it's not. I'm an old man and I'm still enjoying plenty of sex. It's not a good idea to retreat from women for long periods. Sure, okay, if you want to go and do a Vipassana meditation retreat or go and do some healing work, like, uh, you know, get a, a tantric body worker to work on you or go and do some primal screaming or go and do some ayahuasca or come to the natural warrior training and go through that, that process, then good. Like, there is certainly a lot to be said for taking pieces of time out, working on yourself in isolation or with therapists or with healers. And that is not a shameful thing. That is not a weak thing. That is a fucking brave and strong thing to do. Anyone who is fucking awesome at life, is excellent at a skill, sought out mentors, went, hey mentor, I don't know as much as, as you, so I humbly submit myself to learn because I want to become excellent because the other people who are trying to do this pridefully by themselves seem to be doing it much more slowly. Then you, can, then, you know, then you can see rapid increases and you can get this shit sorted. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.